that Travis? It is Travis. Hey, man. Good to see you. Um, we would love for you to fill out a connection card. You should find one in the seat pockets um, in front of you. Uh, just as much or as little information as you would like to share with us is uh, perfectly okay. Email address being probably the most important. Um, phone number maybe second, uh, other than your name. But uh, if you want to give us your address, we promise we won't show up unannounced at your doorstep um, asking for money or anything. How you found out about us is always helpful for us to kind of know what works and what doesn't in terms of our uh, just trying to promote the church. On the back, there's a section where you can fill out um, for any uh, information that you might want in regards to baptism or becoming a member or anything like that. And then finally, any prayer requests. So we, certainly we take time to pray for all of these and we uh, send them out to our membership as well. So if you want to fill that out before the end of the service and then there are there's two little boxes, one on each side of the sound booth. And if you would just slide those in there uh, at the end, that would be uh, great. Then a couple of things just to mention while, uh, while I'm up here. Uh, first is that in two weeks, actually it's two weeks from yesterday, so I believe that's April the 8th, we're going to do uh, something kind of fun. We, we're dealing with this whole COVID thing of having kind of what amounts to two congregations. We've got those of you who come here, and we have folks who watch online. <coughs> and so we've been trying to figure out, okay, well, how can we kind of bring those together in a way that everyone's comfortable? And what we've decided to do is to uh, create something we're calling our socially distant social. And we're going to do this out in the parking lot. We're going to uh, have a movie night. We've uh, got a 20-foot uh, inflatable screen on the way. And um, we're going to have an ice cream truck here, and we're going to do popcorn and, and soda and that kind of thing. And we just really invite you to come. I think we decided we'd start about 7, and then we'll show the movie as soon as it gets dark enough for us to do that. But in the meantime, you can bring lawn chairs. You can just hang out in the parking lot. We're going to kind of rope the spaces off so that there's plenty of places for people to sit. Um, we'll have some chairs out there if you don't have anything to bring. But it's just a chance to kind of get the whole church back together again, at least for an evening, so we don't all forget who what the other folks look like. Uh, so that's in two weeks on August the 8th, uh, so just mark your calendar uh, for that. And then, uh, as Chip mentioned, we've been doing this series on um, life in the spirit. And so we've been using this as an opportunity to promote our uh, School of Kingdom ministry. And so I've got a short video that I want you to watch, and then I'll talk a little bit more about it afterwards. Do I have a short video? There it is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. God made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. So we are gearing up to start our, is it be our ninth year? Eighth year of School of Kingdom Ministry. Now this is a class that we do um, for what really amounts to uh, two semesters. So it starts in September of this year, I think September 20th, and then it'll run till December, early December. We'll take a break. We'll start back again in January and run till May. Um, it's three hours on a Sunday afternoon from one to four, but it's a it's a really exciting three hours. It's not three hours of sitting, watching, or listening to somebody talk about something. Uh, there is some teaching, um, but we believe, and John's going to talk some about this here in a moment, that living the supernatural life is something that you can learn to do um, even better than, than perhaps you're doing now. And so that's kind of what this class is designed to teach. And uh, so we do an hour of teaching. We typically then have a time of activation where we'll work on a particular area uh, of gifting uh, that people have the opportunity to practice. And then we actually do have a time of practicing that. Uh, so we kind of talk about it, show you how to do it, and then let you have an opportunity to do it yourself. And uh, we, we take that through the entire time. So it's a, a really great class. Uh, I know John's going to probably mention a, a little bit more about it when he speaks. But if you have any questions about it, talk to John. John facilitates the class. Uh, I take a role in it, and uh, so does uh, Pastor Chip. So uh, you can ask any of us, and really almost um, a lot of this, I think all the staff and a good chunk of the worship team has all taken it as well. So really, there's a number of people in here you can talk to um, in regards. If you have questions about it, I think it's in, is it, it's either next week or the week after that, we're going to do a, an in, a kind of an information lunch. So uh, we'll get more information out on that. So if you have questions and you just kind of want to come, we'll have some food, and we can just talk informally about uh, what, it's, what it's about. Uh, we even have a, <coughs> a sample teaching that we can show just to kind of uh, uh, whet your appetite so that you have some idea of what it's going to be like. So just encourage you to check that out if you're interested. Um, and now we are going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And uh, you will probably find little cups in front of you somewhere. And the way we're going to do this is I'm going to consecrate the elements, and then we'll all take communion together. Okay, so uh, let's do that now. So, Lord, I just uh, give you thanks and praise. And we recall now that on the night that you were to be betrayed, you took bread, and you offered it up to your Father in heaven, and you asked, and you gave thanks. And then you took the bread and you broke it. And this you gave to your disciples and you said take this all of you and eat for this is my body given for you 
And when the supper was ended, he took the cup and again asked his Father in heaven to bless it as he offered thanks and praise. And this too he gave to his disciples and he said, Take this all of you and eat, for this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, blood that was shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. So whenever you eat of this bread or drink of this cup, do so and remember me. For this simple meal, we thank you for the blessing that it provides, for the means of grace that it is. Help, uh, help it to restore us to a life full of you, full of your spirit. And help us to truly desire to go forth and to do the things that Jesus did. We give you thanks and praise, and we ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we've been doing in this series, we've been sort of trading um, preaching assignments. And so you heard from Pastor Chip last week. You'll hear from me next week. But this week, you get Pastor John. So, John, if you would come up. Well, good morning. How are we all today? Good. Good. <clears throat> so the series we were on is Life in the Spirit. And the piece I'm going to talk about today is being naturally supernatural. Now, before we go, any f or go far, I want you to look at our mission statement over here. And for those of you that are online, I'm sorry I didn't have a slide to put up. I apologize for that, but I will read it. It says, our mission is to make disciples. We believe the best way to do so is by practicing a naturally supernatural lifestyle, obeying the words of Jesus and doing the works of Jesus. We actively look for ways to reach out to our neighbor and our community. So this concept of being naturally supernatural has been one of our core values for the 12 years we've been a church. Um, today I want to explore what that means and right up front there's enough in this just one term to make probably an 8 to 10 series on itself. Uh, as Jeff had mentioned the School of Kingdom Ministry does an excellent job of covering this and if you want more of that come see me, come see Jeff, come see Chip, see Andre, see Cindy or probably everyone on the worship team who's been through this. But it, it, is, it is a deep dive in how to be naturally supernatural. But today we're just going to hit some high points. So, what does it mean to be naturally supernatural? Well, by looking at the words, we have three things there. We have to be natural at something. We have nature. And we have super. Super. 
If we look at the words, we can take them apart, as we will, one by one. And the first one we're going to start with is nature. The nat nature, or the natural world we live in, is the order God created. It's the physical, real realm that we can touch with our senses. We can taste it, smell it, see it, hear it, you know, perceive it in all kinds of ways. It has an order. For life on the planet, there's birth, there's life, there's death. And in this natural realm, there are circumstances that work with us and circumstances that can work against us. There can be a famine, there can be plenty, there can be heat, there can be cold, there can be you know, tornadoes, there can be earthquakes, all kinds of things that affect us and that we are at the mercy of. Everyone following that? So that's our natural world. Well, what is supernatural then? If you look at the word again, super, and just go by that, you would think that super means above the natural or beyond the natural. And if you look at it that way, you're pretty close to the truth. This one is a bit harder to pin down, though. Because the supernatural is a world that exists, but it exists outside of our senses. We can't smell it, we can't taste it, we can't feel it, we can't measure it, we can't, for the most part, manipulate it. Um, in any real physical sense, we cannot determine its existence, but yet it's real. It's there. It's outside of time. It's outside of any of the constraints of our known universe. But it is more real than our physical existence. And this becomes a challenge. Our minds cannot imagine it, but we can access it. How? Well, I'm sorry I got ahead of myself. So we have supernatural, we have an existence that is outside anything we can imagine, anything we can know. And yet to be naturally supernatural, we have to become supernatural first. If you look at the term someone's a natural at something, whether a natural singer or a natural athlete or a natural speaker or whatever, they have to be that second term, they have to be an athlete or a singer before they can be natural at it. So to be naturally supernatural, we have to become supernatural. Ouch. Because ladies and gentlemen, that is something we cannot do on our own. No way. So how's that possible, you ask? Well, God who created both realms, and God did create both realms, he made it possible. These are two very different realities, earth of the physical and the kingdom of God of the spiritual. But they do interact. Now this is one of those mysteries that I wish I could tell you more about, but I can't. I can tell you it's not an even playing field. I don't know how it works, but the supernatural can sense the natural. The other way is not true. The angels, 
the demons, and I don't want to freak anyone out, but yes, there are demons, can see what we're doing, hear what we're saying, and somehow know how to interact with the world around us. And that can be a pretty scary thing. But we too can enter into that world. It's kind of, and I, I don't know where this, how I got to this, but us on our own in the spiritual realm is kind of like a human on the earth that has lost all five senses, or all six senses. We can't determine it, we can't see it, we can't taste it, we can't know what we're doing, we can't know what we are. So how is it possible? And it is possible only through faith. It is possible only through faith in Jesus. Um, which button do I push on this? <laughs> I'm technically challenged, guys. That one right there? There it goes. I hope this is the right one. Yes, John 4, 16. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes from the Father except through me. So what does this look like? Again, I'm glad you asked. Well, first is getting to know about God and the kingdom of heaven, the scriptures, the Bible. But the Bible in itself is not enough. Okay, am I doing something wrong here, Nick? Someone stole uh, your batteries. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, this right one. Jesus told the Pharisees, you search the scripture because in them you think you have eternal life. But these are those which testify of me but you're not willing to come to me so that you may have life. You see, it's not in the reading of the scripture, it's not in the Bible that we get eternal life. It's in that connection to the Lord Jesus who the scriptures point to. There is no substitution for that. Without encountering the one to whom the scriptures point, sitting here and worshiping and praying, we're really a pitiful people. We don't have the power, we don't have the wisdom of the kingdom of heaven without the Holy Spirit. Cannot be done. For decades, maybe even centuries, the church has gathered around a weekly sermon. Our reasons are noble. The scripture is very important. We know that our lives need to be anchored in truth. But the study of the scriptures meant to launch us into an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus said, I am the truth, I am, or I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Every leader I've talked to wants revival of some sort or another. Whether it's healings, whether it's deliverance, whether it's miracles. But let me tell you something. It is very, next slide, Nick. <laughs> okay, I've got it up on the screen here now. This is a quote from Bill Johnson. It's something I absolutely believe in. It is hard to have the same fruit as the early church when we value a book that they did not have. When we value that book more than we value the spirit that 
they did have, we will not see the fruit of the Spirit. That's kind of a harsh statement at some places, in some places. I've been in some churches where instead of being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And that will not do it. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just a book. It's a collection of nice stories. There's a lot of good information into it, or in it. But it's the Holy Spirit that opens our eyes and opens our heart and gets us to experience and have access to the mysteries of heaven. It is that connection with the Holy Spirit that allows us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. That is what allows us to bear the fruit of heaven and change the world around us. Okay, let me get off that soapbox. Passion doesn't come out of me loudly, but I'm very passionate about this, so I will get on the soapbox, and you may have to kick me off it once in a while. Um, now, the statement that I just made is not intended to put less value on Scripture. That'd be a great mistake. I simply want to point out, as I just said, the Bible in itself is a closed book. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us access to its mysteries. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the truth. Jesus is the truth we long to understand. Jesus is perfect theology. Nothing else. Everything else falls short. It's sad, but there are a lot of people who profess to be Christians, and I'm not going to get into that right now, that have good theology. And they move on that good theology. And they believe that good theology is all they need. But without the Holy Spirit, without Christ, without perfect theology, they do not bear the power of the kingdom of heaven. And they cannot be a true witness for Jesus. We all okay with that statement? Okay. So I want to look at some of this. Um, when Jesus was baptized... Is it supposed to work now? Yes. It does. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm one of the ones who's over 70 here, and I'm technically challenged. If I want to work one of these things, I need to find someone Kinsey's age to show me how to do it. It's just totally beyond me. <laughs> if I push a button and it doesn't work, really all I can do is lay down. Hi, Kinsey. <laughs> all I can do is lay down, suck my thumb, and cry, and call someone who knows how this stuff works. <laughs> Um, when Jesus was baptized, John the Baptist said, and this is 1 John 32, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God himself, who inspired scriptures, descended from heaven and landed on Jesus, and he remained there. The Spirit of God rests upon, a, see, the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit never saw any reason to withdraw from Jesus. How many of us can say that? And I know I can't. I'm assuming every one of us wants to be in the position where the Spirit is in us, and that's guaranteed, and that's for us. But the Spirit also comes upon us. And the Spirit upon us is for the world around us.
It's for the people around us. It's for the atmosphere that's around us. It is that power and that power alone that will bring heaven to earth and let us unleash here the peace, the stability, and the love of, of the Father. We okay with that? I know it's a pretty heavy thought. Okay, the next thing. And this again, this is talking about Jesus. In Mark 1.10, button, good. And immediately upon coming from, up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. The phrase heavens parting employs the same word used to describe the tearing of the veil of the temple and the cracking of crushings of the stones that happened at Jesus' death. This is not a wispy parting of the clouds, ladies and gentlemen. This is a violent act. This is heaven ripping into the realm of the enemy, into the ruler of this world, tearing down his authority and his strongholds, and giving us the authority through the Holy Spirit to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the evil one. Remember, what's in us now is stronger than what's in the world. Okay? Note that the Bible never says the heavens were closed. They weren't. They were open. For the believer, and this is a hard statement, ladies and gentlemen, but the closed heaven is between our ears. Whenever we make the mistake to think that the strongholds over our cities are over us, we are not based in biblical thinking. We're based in unbelief. And it is that unbelief which empowers the enemy to enact on this earth. Again, it's a heavy statement. But as believers, who live in the supernatural. And we all know, have heard that as believers, we are ambassadors of heaven. We are citizens of the heavenly realm here in the earth. And we can reach into heaven to the realities that we've seen from God and release them down here. That is the life we are called to live. That is the life Jesus lived. Um, you see, what it comes to is there are two realities present. There's the earthly reality we live in, and there's the heaven reality that the Holy Spirit will show us. And we broker the reality that is more real to us at that time. Got that? We broker the reality that is more real to us at that time. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a choice. It has to be intentional. And it's critical to being supernatural. If you look at the life of Jesus, we're gonna go to, I think it's Mark 4:39. Oop, no. Somehow I blew it, sorry. Yep. Sorry, Isaiah, I skipped you. Um, Jesus is in the boat, and the disciples are with him, and they come upon a squall or a storm, and the disciples are panicking. I mean, this is a life-threatening situation to them. And they wake up Jesus. And what's Jesus do? He looks out at the wind and the waves and says, peace, be still. And what happens? Dead calm, right? His inner reality 
his inner being was more focused on heaven and the realities of heaven were more real to him than the circumstances he lived in. And when that reality is more real to you, you can broker it here on the earth. It's the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had that we have access to. Make no doubt about it. We have the authority given to us by Jesus to do the things he did. Basically, the choice comes down to is, are we willing to pay the price? There's good news and there's bad news. The good news is, the Holy Spirit upon us wants us to walk in the power of the Spirit more than we want to do it. God and the Holy Spirit want us to touch his children and he loves every one of his children no matter where they are. He wants us to walk in that authority and touch his children and bring his children into the kingdom more than we want to do it. So we don't have to worry about the heavy lifting. We only have to worry about which kingdom we're going to represent. And it really comes down to that simple of a choice. Are we going to represent the heart of the Father? Or are we going to represent the heart of the enemy? We did not ask to be born into the war in the heavenlies, but we were born into it. In fact, we're a critical piece of it. Most of us don't realize it. But the struggle is between two spiritual powers, one that created us and one that hates us. And which one are we going to represent? We've been indoctrinated in the world into the ways of the enemy. A lot of the things we've been taught are not the things of heaven. Which is why Jesus says that the wisdom of heaven is folly to the world and the wisdom of the world is folly to heaven. So as John Wimber said, whose fool are you going to be? We have the choice of looking like an absolute idiot to the world around us. And in situations that people think we're nuts going out representing the heart of the Father and bringing the peace of heaven to earth. And if you look around the world right now, we sure need that. It's a choice. It's a conscious choice. It's like most of the Christian life. The fundamentals are simple. But in practice, this is incredibly difficult. What we really have to do is believe this book, inspired by the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we have to make this more real in our lives than the world we live in. Does that make sense? Okay, let's pray. Father, I ask right now that anything that was not of you, you remove from the minds and hearts of these people. Anything that was you, Go directly to the heart. Let us be a church that camps around the presence of you, God. Let us be a group of believers that is so dedicated to heaven that the realities of heaven outweigh the circumstances of this world. And let us be that body that starts bringing peace, love, and joy to the world something we cannot do for our, on our own, but something that with the Spirit we cannot fail. Amen. Now, getting off the soapbox, and you guys can turn the lights down back there if you would, please. I think the only way to finish up with that is a practical demonstration. 
And this is where it gets risky and the butterflies come out in the stomach. And no matter how long I've done this and people that have done this for decades and have very powerful ministries say the same thing. Anytime we tend to step out in the spirit, we feel like we're being exposed and hung out there. But he will not abandon us. He will not leave us. If this is a lifestyle you would like, seek out Chip, Jeff, if you would stand, Andre, if you would stand, Cindy, seek out one of us, the staff here at the church. We had a prayer meeting uh, six, eight, ten months ago. I forget exactly when. But during a prayer meeting, we as a staff came to the conclusion that seeking this naturally supernatural lifestyle is what we want the focal point of this church to be. If this is something you want, go to the Holy Spirit right now and ask him to help. He would love to. Or seek out one of the staff here. Questions ask us, test us. See if God has a word for you. This stuff is real. And the only way to find out how real it is, is take the risk. John Wimber used to say, risk or faith is spelled R-I-S-K. If you are not willing to step out, you really don't believe enough in the spirit. Because if you believe, it'll push aside the fear, it'll push aside the doubt, and you will step out. So as I said, if, you, if there's something you want prayer for, come find one of us. If there's any questions, if you want to rededicate, Come seek us. So um, I really feel God speaking. Um, he's laying on my heart. Somebody has a stomach issue. I, I don't know if it's like a I'm just having an upset stomach today issue or like a I feel like it's an ongoing medical thing. So if that resonates with you at all, we want to pray for you. Same thing kind of John said also, if you have any physical need or mental need, we'll pray for you. But specifically, I feel like God is, there is somebody here who has that issue. So we'd, be, we'd love to pray for you. Travis? Okay, this is what it looks like. Travis just told me he's been going to the doctor for five or six years for something in his side. He doesn't know what it is. Chip's never met Travis. Travis was a regular here. He got a job out of town and has been very infrequently for quite a while. But yet, what are the odds that Chip, who's never met Travis, would know that? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants desperately wants us to move in his authority and his power. I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. This is what Jesus used. This is what changed the world. This is what living under an open heaven is like. 
we have access if we will turn to and live a lifestyle that does not drive away the spirit. We have access to the same power and the same authority that Jesus had. Like it said on the Great Commission, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, go for. Go, go therefore. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Cleanse the leper, drive out the demons. This is the bread and butter of the Christian life. This is what Jesus intended the church to do in this world. This is the authority and the power we have access to. But it has to be more real to us than what we have here in this world. I'm sensing a heartache. Nothing past that at this point. But someone is grieving a loss. And after that, I hear God simply saying, I've got you. I've got you. He is the cure for the heartache. He will cure, he will help the brokenhearted. He promises that, it's in the word. God also wants us to be in community. The Holy Spirit and the gifts belong to the Spirit, not to us. But the Holy Spirit will give the gifts to different people for others, such that we become dependent on each other. It is something we need. If anyone in here is getting something from the Spirit, don't hold it back. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You'll never know who, or you may never know who that gift you were holding on to was meant for. But it does not get released until you put it out into the atmosphere. Again, I do not understand that, but it seems to be a reality. In the beginning, God spoke into existence, and the spoken word still carries phenomenal power. So if God gives you something, don't hesitate to speak it.
normally when I get words for specific words for people, I just do it one-on-one. -on -one. But the Father's telling me, make it public right now because he's trying to demonstrate something. Daphne? What I'm hearing is better things are just around the corner. Hold on, trust and believe. And I think you know exactly what he's talking about. I'm also kind of getting a word for like leg issues, not necessarily like a knee pain is one of them, but this is like, a, I don't know if it's a leg infection or a swelling or a cellulitis, but something that makes mobility difficult for you. And I just believe that the Lord wants to touch that this morning. Okay, it's 12.15 now, and we've gone longer than we normally do. At this point, I'm just going to say, if you need to go, may the blessings of the Lord be with you. Know that the Holy Spirit is here for you, and he loves you. You were purposely made in the womb to bring the kingdom of heaven to bear on earth. God did that for every one of us but he also loves us enough to give us the free will to choose whether we're going to use it or not. It must be a conscious choice. And it will alter your lifestyle if it's real. Um, again, the price to pay is you're going to seem like an idiot to a lot of people around you. Well, you're in good company. The leadership of the day thought Jesus was way out there too. The hate of them. So you're in good company. God bless you and have a great week. And don't forget, every place you go, the Spirit's with you. Take time to just listen to them. <laughs>